It's a high level of conversation live in New Orleans today. We're not in Atlanta. We're not at Live Hip Hop Daily. We're down here at the Memorial Convention Center for the Black Canna Conference, um, their inaugural one. And I'm blessed to be able to be down here and be able to cover some of these events and do some of these dope interviews. All right, so one dope interview I'm about to have is somebody who, like my man just mentioned a little while ago, I had a chance to watch when I was in early high school, man. Matter of fact, you terrorized my high school life. I ain't gonna lie to you, man. I used to date this girl named Tanisha, and she was so in love with Malik Yoba. I couldn't, it, you and Usher, like to this moment, when I meet Usher, I'm gonna tell him the same thing. You terrorized my whole entire high school existence. Well, Tanisha has issues, because I'm about 14 years older than Usher, so she, <laughs> she, I don't know what she was into, bro. But I don't know. It might have been daddy issues. Uh, look, 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 look. Stop it, man. Now I'm going to get you. Hey, Tanisha, we love you. Tanisha. Yeah, Tanisha, we definitely love you. All right, so I got my man Malik Yoba with me today, man. Malik, how are you doing today? I, I, I feel great, man. It's good to be here. I, I feel like a student. I, I, you know, I'm here at the Black Canna Conference, my first. Well, it's the first Black Canna yes. Conference. Is this your so, first time going to a campus conference? It is not. Okay. It is my second. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so we use this <laughs> dudes. <laughs> so, well, you know, before let's just jump into it, man. What made you want to jump into the cannabis field, man, and, and want to start, you know, getting your feet getting your feet wet in this space? Well, you know, let's be real. We've always been in cannabis, bro. Facts. <laughs> when Facts. it was weed and reefer and everything else. I never sold it. Actually, I did try to sell once in high school. This dude that was dealing in the street in Washington Square Park, he dropped his whole bag and it was like bushweed, a bunch yeah. of seeds and sticks. But I was that I was too scared. So I like thought about it, but I never did. But no, I am um, as an adult for me, um, I've seen it we've seen it coming. Um, the business opportunities for sure. There are people who have been positioning themselves that I know for years, over a decade in some cases. Um, and the more I started paying attention um, actually, Roz's ex-husband, Lance, um, Roz McCarthy, we're speaking yeah. about, who f founded uh, Minorities for Medical Marijuana. Uh, between Roz and Lance, they've been kind of nudging me toward this space over the last couple of years. Um, and then um, once it became legal in New York, I said, let me take a closer look. And then I uh, jumped in with both feet recently. And so, like I said, I'm just being a student learning where I can get in. Um, but there's opportunities, you know, I'm also in real estate development. So that's one of the first areas I looked at dispensaries. And oh, so oh. Um, we've got a couple of locations in New York um, that, uh, you know, hopefully will be part of the program. That's what we're working toward. Um, so, I, you know, I'm, I'm still figuring out all the play, ways that I can play. But another thing, and I didn't mention this from the stage, um, I have a piece of a company called Cloudwater. So Cloudwater, Cloudwater is a CBD beverage. Okay. Uh, a friend of mine from, actually we went to uh, middle school together. He started the company, brought me in. Um, I'll be bringing him into stuff I'm doing on the cannabis side, so. And the beverage side is, is, a, is a big part of the market right now. Yeah. You know, you're gonna, you, before you know it, we're gonna see major companies try to really get into the side. Yeah, yeah, they are, they are now. They are now, there's certainly those talks now, so. Um, yeah, that's that's where I've been. All right, that's what's up, man. So I know you 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 thought about um, selling weed at one point. Have you ever thought about? Have you ever been a consumer of the plant? Though? All my life, all your much. life. Yeah, man. Since all my life, but certainly since I was a kid. Okay. When, yeah, so, what was school. the first time you consumed? Um, probably. Well, in middle school. 
Okay. With 13, 12, 13, something Okay, like that. okay. And since that time, have you thought about why you consume now? Like, have you thought about it as an anxiety? Well, I don't, just, well definitely. Um, that's a good question. I don't think that um, people even thought about it, if the, even if that's what you did it for. You know, it was always about a relaxation thing, exactly, for sure. Exactly. And it was always about, um, uh, you know, being an artist, man. It's just, you know, I, I think it's a tradition you hear about, like, you know, jazz musicians. My father smoked weed, you know, exactly. uh, his friends did. It was just around, right? Some people did. Um, but I didn't think about it in terms of medicinal purposes from a smoking perspective. I didn't start thinking about it to medicinal purposes until, as I mentioned from the stage, after I use it in pain management and also okay. uh, for sleep, as a sleep aid. And I was through edibles okay. and straight, straight CBD. Okay, well. you, you know, you're right. Most people don't really think about why they consume, which is why I ask. You yeah, know, that's when, a great as, question. As I got older and myself, I had to think, why do I have I been smoking so long? You right. know, and I think it is my anxiety and some of the things that help me kind of relax in that way. Right. And I start, you know, so it becomes a question I pose to everybody else. Like, have you ever thought about why you consume? Because right. like, people, you know, it's, people have asked that question, yeah. but it always felt like more of a judge. Like, why do you smoke? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It felt, it felt like much more judgmental. <laughs> like, like, what do you do? Why even for? do that? No, I've always thought about it from that perspective of I don't drink, so I'm like, you know, I don't drink. I'm not a drinker. Why have I been, why have I leaned towards weed? Clearly, right. it's because it does something that does help me with this. Right, right. You know, so um, but right now you're in a, pretty, a beautiful place to jump into this to the market. You're in New York, right? And New York is about to turn into one of the bigger markets, the biggest campus markets in the country. Right. Um, first off, what was your thoughts when you first heard that New York was going legal? Like, was that something you were still optimistic about, or was it's still like a, a, a shock to you. I, you know, you just see the writing on the wall, man. Okay. Look, we, we we heard about prohibition yes. back in the 20s, and you knew it was just a matter of time. There's just too much money. Yeah. You know, New York, financial capital of the country, so it's too much money for it not to be. But I'm glad that it is, because in New York, you know, I think, as you said, it's not just going to be the biggest market, but the intentionality of how it's being approached, because they have in other states like Illinois and Ohio and other places that have had legalization, California, but there has been um, a lot of challenges, yes. and we haven't really been um, invited to the party at the same level. And so, what I'm hearing from the state are all the efforts that are being made um, to make sure that there is greater equity and inclusion, specifically, hundreds of licenses set aside for individuals with justice involved specifically who did time, the build-outs that they're going to do from a real estate perspective, the investment in education, using those tax dollars to provide opportunity. And these are black and brown people at the Office of um, Cannabis Management in New York who have been affected personally. So for most of us, it's mission work. People aren't just going to the job to do the job. They're like, I'm going to go meet my expectations make my money but i'm making sure i'm bringing our folks along yeah you know and i'm glad to see this you know seeing new york become a, seeing new york go legal meant a lot for me i'm like you know we always heard about california we always hear we hear about about our, our washington state but in reality new york state if new york state go legal and when it does go legal officially Mm -hmm. That's going to be a game changer on the East Coast. You yeah. know, they have, a, especially when you look at a space like New York City, they have a lot of similarities to Atlanta. 
from music to movies to business, mm-hmm. you have such a, you have so many different opportunities for people to really break they break into this and really do a lot of big things. And speaking of the city of New York City, man, like, what do you see New York City being like? Like, where do you see New York City when it comes to this? Do you see New York City becoming as big as like Los Angeles or someplace like that when it comes to just being a cannabis market? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. That is the intention of the office. That is the will of the people. Yeah. And I believe it will come to fruition. Um, and I'm excited to be a part of it. Yeah. I, I know for sure, at least, like I said, the first 150 um, locations for dispensaries, I know that's happening. Um, I own some real estate. Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. That's, um, a, that's another big part of the industry that people don't really speak about is real estate. How expensive it is for you to get a space and how many, you know, we talk about often about how the um, lack of funding is what stops people from color from really getting into the space. Well, how about lack of being able to even get a space to do something at you? Know? Right. I, I think, I think the, if you step back from cannabis specifically yeah. and just think of business in general, what I'm appreciating about what's happening is that people are thinking about business in a different way. Yes. Right. So we're sharing information. There are people saying, I don't have to just do one thing. You know what I mean? Across the board. And I think that specific to cannabis, it's good to see that. Like people think about dispensaries, but there's the legal aspect. There's the marketing aspect. There's what you're doing. The communications piece, right? Um, There's the growers and, you know, there's distribution. There's, who's building out these spaces. So there's there's a whole ecosystem like any other business. Yes. And so because most people's point of en- en- entry has been the flower itself, yes. they, they don't they forget about all that other stuff. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. people can't think about that. So if you were somebody who, like, you know, I met all these nurses here today that are, in, you know, people who have gone to, you know, school, study medicine, but they see the benefit of what this plant can do. And so they've incorporated into their, their life's work. Just as I was you know, taking pictures with folks at the end of my speech, um, very personal stories. My mother who had a stroke, I had to nurse her back to health or my, this person who had cancer and they were trying to pump them with opioids and I didn't want that for my parent or for my, my son or whoever it is. And that leads people in these other directions. Same with me. You know, I care about the freedom of our people. The freedom first has to start in the mind. We have to know that certain things are possible, that we are worthy, that we need to be mindful of how we think about things and the things we speak. Words have power. But even before the word comes out, it's a thought. How are you thinking? The thing I'm most grateful for with all my, you know, as, as, a, as a son of my father, was that he was very intentional about teaching us how to think. And so as part of that, I'm always thinking about how can I learn more? What else is there? How can I be more educated? Who do I need to be around? Not from a, a, a sort of manipulative kind of way, but what environments do I need to be around energetically so that I'm vibrating at a certain frequency? Smart, smart. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. because you feel the difference. When you're around people, that inspire you, yes. you feel uplifted. We all have been around folks. You're like, man, come around this motherfucker. I just feel like <laughs> the fuck down. And you can't figure it out. You're like, yeah. it's the energy. Yeah. So all those kinds of things, understanding how all that works 
as it relates to how we're able to manifest things in our lives intentionally and unintentionally. Because a lot of times things happen to people and they feel, man, I just can't seem to get past this. I can't have this breakthrough. But what are you thinking about? Yeah. What do you believe? What are you yeah. telling yourself? And it's that meditation. Yeah. You know, people, I don't meditate. Well, you actually do. Every time you're walking around talking to yourself, you're mm-hmm. meditating. I, I wholeheartedly believe that. I have an alert on my phone that starts at 8 o'clock every day that says, be intentional with your thoughts, prayers, and actions. You know, everything is about what you, you like you mentioned, your mind, what you come out your mouth. All this is part of what is, what's making you a person. Mm-hmm. You have to be very intentional with everything you do, yeah. man. That's, that's something I remind myself every day, man. Yeah. So what do we think we're going to see Malik Yoba in five years now when it comes to the cannabis space? A leader. Um, I will have helped a lot of people in their own trajectory. Um, I definitely will be a master storyteller in this space. I think these stories are important, not just from a documentary standpoint, even fiction. I have a couple of film ideas or series ideas. I think it's the attack from all levels, right? What you're doing, what this conference does, what social media posts do, what television programming does, what radio programming does. So at a certain point, it becomes ubiquitous. Everywhere you look, there it is. Yes. And it's not this weird thing anymore. Yes. And I, and I think that's amazing that we're to this space now where, where you say it's going to become ubiquitous. It's going to be part of everyday life. It's not right. going to be something that's just so secluded and hidden anymore. And it's exciting to see it. Yes, yes, man. I mean, you said you've been doing this podcast for six years six and you've years. seen the difference with how people are showing up now. Yeah, left and right, bro. It's, it's, it's you know, I feel almost odd. I feel honored to be able to be, be able to say I have covered this for so long that, yeah, I remember when people were starting out who now fell out. I've, I've seen people who started off businesses, they have no business anymore, but I see people now who have, who have like Ross, who has right. braved it out and kept everything going, just seeing where she's at now. It's so much about patience, so much about being intentional with your thoughts and actions, and so much about, you know, just this whole opportunity in itself, and that it's all here for you. You know, we're, we're, in a, we're really in a new space that's almost like a, a, the gold run. That's exactly what I tell people. There. We're almost yeah. there. It's just about being patient and about knowing what your role is. Like at any given point, from a writer to somebody who's a chef, like you have a role here in cannabis. You know what I mean? Right. Like you just got to figure out what it is. Right, right. Yeah. So, where do you see yourself in five years? I see myself in five years. We're gonna have a channel, Cash Color Cannabis, the channel. You know, like Rosie's always joked to me that I was gonna, I'm the BT of cannabis, and I used to be like, Nah, I'm not really. But in reality, yeah, we are. You know, what I'm saying from the shows to, like you mentioned, scripted content to comedy shows. There's so many things we can do to really tell the story of the plan or interject the plan into these stories. So I feel like Cash Color Canvas in five years is going to be that. We're going to be a channel. I like it. Yeah. Where do you see it living? I see it living personally online, like between Roku's and Amazon's right now. I think that's the primary spot we could do it on digitally. But if we ever had a chance to actually get on a network's level, you know what I'm saying? We're like, case of point, like I was watching Fox Souls recently and Dame Dash has, a, has Dame Dash Studios. It happens every Saturday on Fox Souls. I said something like that. I don't want to take over nobody else's like network, but I would love to see Dame Dash have a four or five, you know, seven days a week. You have your own channel. I feel like I could do that. So he inspired me even seeing that. Like Fox Soul giving Dame Dash that plan for was dope to me. I think maybe we could do something like that. You want to take it to Fox Soul? We could do that. Uh, let me know, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Cash yeah. Color Campus is ready, man. Like I say, one day you got to come down to Atlanta and come check out how we actually record the show on Tuesdays, man. You love what we do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm down. No, that'll happen. 
we're gonna get the date right. Yeah. I'll, I'll definitely come down. But no, man, to be continued, man. We we should collaborate. We're gonna we're gonna shake hands yes, right sir. now. Yes sir, yes sir, man. Let's do this. And there's stuff we can do from the storytelling perspective. Oh, Fox on, I mean, BT, we're starting right now. We're doing it right now. Yeah, and it's on air. We just shook hands, but we also on air. Right, <laughs> you know right, right. <laughs> we got to remind that. Right. Malik, I appreciate you coming through and sitting through these conversations yeah, with absolutely. me, man. Um, Tanisha, I apologize. I will tell you that I did meet him. I got a picture with yo, him. Yo, Tanisha, <laughs> man, you still could have been my baby mama. Or maybe my wife. We'd probably be exes by now, though. So you did yourself a favor staying away from me. Probably, man. Malik, you in the building. Hey, it's Cash Color Camp. It's a high level of conversation. We are out of here, live from New Orleans.